strength. Get over it. I said, have a little bit of grace. I like my junky little life. I think I'll take this over what you have. I see it happen all of the time. And here's the kicker. Sometimes when you see people that we know that have a really good life, lots of stuff, lots of money, lots of cars, a big name, it's really hard for those people to really recognize that they're nothing and it's all equal. On the, on the, uh, as a human, you're as needy as I am. You need Jesus. And there's only one way, right? I see it all the time, people saying no to Jesus. I just, I don't get it. This agreement that God made with Abraham Um, if you make a contract on a house, we'll say. What if you went to the bank and said, nah, I don't want to, I don't want it, I'm out. God cannot lie. If God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. He's not going to change his mind 430 years later and say, oh, by the way, I know I promised Abraham this, but it comes because you keep the law. The law was never intended for us to keep. But watch what Paul, or uh, watch this. This is what I'm trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. Why? God would be breaking his promise. Does God break promises? Does God lie? So if he wrote it, it's going to happen. Right? So who in here has ever lied? Who's ever broke a promise? God doesn't break promises. Isn't it great? His word is packed with promises. He doesn't back out of deals like we do as humans. Now, I've been really thinking. I've been watching this thing on History Channel. I love America. Right? I do. I love it. But I've been doing a little recon. I remember the first time I went to South Dakota. And I saw the Native Americans and their plight. I understood it a little more than I do now. How they were promised this. And I was like, oh, we found gold there. I think we'll take that back. You know, sorry, my bad. Uh, and I think about promises like that, that we didn't keep. God doesn't do that. God keeps his promises. That's what the whole, it's so cool that God said it. Abraham believed it. End of story. And God said, you're righteous. Just like that. Even though Abraham, read the story. You ever read that guy? Read up on Abraham. Talk about a train wreck. But he kept believing God, kind of like David, Lisa. He just kept believing God. Just keep believing God, what he said. Believe what God says about you, not what your friends say about you, what the media says about you. Believe what God says about you. It's accurate, it's true, and it's irrevocable, right? For if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise. Turn to your Bibles real quick to Romans 7. Almost like, I was thinking of this, Lisa, you know, talking about chasing rabbits. Uh, when I was reading the book of Galatians, I really 
had my book of Romans open back and forth, going back and forth between Galatians and Romans, and Romans and Galatians, and all the stuff and the correlation. I just thought it was so cool. It has nothing to do with anything, but I thought it was cool. So we're going to read a little bit from chapter 7, and starting at verse 4. You ready? So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us. And the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds, resulting in death. But, now we've been released from the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. That's the time for the church to say, hallelujah. Now we can serve God. Not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. Well, then, am I suggesting that the law of God is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. I would have never known what coveting is wrong if the law had not said, you must not covet. But sin used this command to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me. If there were no law, sin would have not the power. At one time, I lived without understanding the law. But I learned the command not to covet. For instance, the power of the sin came to, my li- came to life and I died. So I discovered that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. So, so Bear and I are painting contractors, right? And we always go through this debate when we're working on a commercial job. Do we put up wet paint signs or not? You know where I'm going. There's something in us that's wrong. There's something in us that's broken, and it's called sin. When the law came, it showed, you got a problem, buddy. There's something in your flesh that does not want to cooperate with the Spirit. They're opposed to each other, right? I got a confession church. Because I am an employee of the month for 34 years in a row. Every month, Barry's been runner-up. Now, I will say this. I will say this. There was a chance at the end of July, July 31st, if I wouldn't have had a heck of a day on July 31st, Barry would have been employee of the month. But I pulled it out at the last second. But here we are uh, when we go and we see wet paint signs. And I know. Don't touch it. (laughs) Something in me compels me to touch it. What is it in me that compels me to do it? It's the sin in me. It's the sin nature. I know better. I know it's probably wet. Or at least put your nose close because, you know, being an experienced guy, I can go. The last hour or so. You know, like a paint forensic guy. But don't miss the point. The point would be when I'm told not to do something, I want to do that which I'm, not, that I'm told not to do. That's what he's addressing right there. There's something in us. It's broken. 
But when you accept Christ as your Savior and you're fueled by the Holy Spirit, you have the power over it to say, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it. Doesn't mean on occasion you might stumble and trip and fall. I think we could all say, yes, we're experts in tripping and falling. Right? <laughs> I had this thought. I walk a certain way. You walk a certain way. Some people's gait is more attractive than others. Like John Wayne had a particular gait. Correct? Some of you people don't know who John Wayne is. That's okay. I don't even get it. But here's the thing. So when you're walking with the Lord, and you're walking, you're truly walking with the Lord, okay? You're trying. Your gait's going to look different than mine. Don't let anybody tell you that your walk is not right. You like spandex? I hate it. I don't think men should wear spandex. It's a whole other thing. This is a complete bonus. I'm going to drive a point home. We're going to come full circle. We're going to talk about this. Here's what I think. This pertains, okay? This pertains. This pertains. <laughs> if you're a walker, you always inevitably get somebody that's going to show you how to walk. That would be religion. That would be the law. Christ came to set you free. We don't have to all be Ottomans. We're all going to walk the same way. That's what the law tried to do. Mold you and shape you, but it was brought forth to reveal that you need a Savior. Right? You get that part? Pause that. Now, back to the runners. When you first come to Christ, you look at other people. I want to walk like that dude. Right? Not knowing that he's gone to God. I'm just going to God going, okay, just make me who I'm supposed to be. Not conform to the image of this guy. Conform to the image of the Son. Okay. Nevertheless, we have these examples. But I had a, I had a thought, <laughs> a picture. The guy comes through in, in spandex. Like it or not, we don't like it. And, he, and he's just got the perfect gait. He's the perfect, well, look at this guy. He's just the all-star runner. In this church, and friends that we know, uh, uh, you would say, we've seen them come hundreds just like him. And you can't keep it up like that because that's religion. You can't do it, right? I'd rather have my old skanky old sweatpants and... I'm walking with the Lord. Well, who are you to judge how I'm walking with the Lord? My relationship is a personal thing, right? It's different for you. Now, if you have an awesome gait, praise God. Religion would tell you, you walk like I do, or you don't love God, or you're not doing it right. That's what he was, the Judaizers were coming. Yeah, okay, we're going to give you Jesus, but you also have to do a bunch of this stuff. Otherwise, you're just not quite up to the, no, Okay. Does that kind of correlate and tie in? Don't get lost in the spandex, okay? It works. Thanks, it works. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Brought a full cycle. You get anything at walk your own walk. Young people, walk your own walk. 
Listen to your elders, yes. We're going to talk about that in just a second. We're going to get there. Listen to your parents, your teachers. Well, listen to people that know God. Listen to your parents. Used to be able to say, oh, it's, I'm not going to go there. I'm not doing it. But I could use a water. Somebody could, nope, there it is. So Paul's driving this point home, right? That you weren't intended to keep the law. Why was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins, but the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised, the seed, Jesus. It was supposed to last only that long, the whole time, kind of keeping people a little... Can you imagine if there would have been no Ten Commandments, what they would have been doing? It was designed to kind of point out sin, yes, but also kind of, kind of keep everybody from going off the range, right? Okay? God gave this law through angels to Moses. Let me say this about... Picture... Um, God gave this law through angel to Moses, who is the mediator between God and his people. Let me say this about the law. Picture like a babysitter. Like when the kids were young, we couldn't leave them by themselves. We had to bring in a babysitter for a time until they got old enough to watch for themselves. Right? So if you think of um, the law uh, kind of as a, it was called a tutor. Picture, you can almost throw the word in babysitter until the right time came along when Christ came on the scene. God gave this, his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and his people. Now a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement. But God, who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. I think when he's using the mediator, angels and Moses, he's showing them there's a gap between you and me. It's sin. When he's talking to Abraham directly, I'm talking to you as a friend. Right? What was that? Is that awesome? You know, because of what Christ has done in your faith in Christ, you can go to the throne room of grace. You can boldly come in with reverence, yes. But you can boldly approach the throne of grace and talk directly to God through Christ. Directly to Him. You don't have to go to the a man. If you are a Christian, you've accepted Christ as your Savior. You put on the yoke of Jesus you can skip the mediator. You can skip all of that. You can go directly to Jesus and have a conversation with God through Christ. It doesn't, in, our, in our culture, it doesn't seem like a big deal. But in this thing, in their day, that's huge. Sometimes, like, eh, what's up, Jesus? You know, you have to remember uh, the tremendous price that was paid for you to be able to approach God like that. Huge. And we're all guilty of taking a little flippantly. We forget sometimes and stuff like that. But on occasion, we should pause to remember the incredible sacrifice that was made so we could have entrance to the Holy of Holies. It's a big deal. And I know as Christians, and that's covered by grace too, when we forget, prone to wander, we forget, right? But 
grace even covers that. When ascend abounded, grace covered, grace came even more. It's amazing. I just think it's incredible. Amazing grace, right? Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But the, the, scriptures, the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. Anybody been obeying the Ten Commandments lately? Any, anybody? <laughs> yeah, right. Somebody in the back actually has their hand up. Now, we uphold the law. Yes, we do. Right? And you should be obeying more than you did yesterday or last year. That's called growth and it's called sanctification. You should be. If not, something's off. Something's wrong. If you're the same person you were last year, last month, you know, whatever, something's wrong. You need to, whatever you need to do, how about this? Go to the Father through Christ and say, I'm sorry. There you, what? Is that easy? Yeah, because of what Christ did for you by virtue of you being adopted into the family. You can go to Dad, Papa, Abba, and say, I'm sorry, I blew it. Will you please forgive me? And he goes, I really don't remember what we were talking about, but yes. I can't even remember what we're talking about because um, I, I, I don't remember. Religion would say, man, uh, man, my dad's going to kill me. I, 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 I can't go home tonight. A relationship with Jesus says, I really blew it. I got to go talk to dad. I got to go talk to him. I blew it. I blew this thing. I'm probably going to blow it again. I'm going to go back in, go before the throne of grace and say, I'm sorry, I blew it. And he's like, I don't remember. I literally don't remember what we're talking about. I need a different color highlighter. Because all my highlighters are kind of bleeding into one. All the colors would bleed into one. But the scripture is clear that we're all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. You guys got that part, right? Before the way of faith in Christ was available, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody. This is the babysitter that we were talking about, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian, babysitter, tutor, until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through what? Faith. Faith. We no longer need the law as our guardian. Before you came to Christ, didn't you just love breaking rules? <laughs> I loved it, man. I'll touch every dang paint sign in the whole. I just, I loved, no, I, I loved it. If he said no, I said yes. If he said slow down, I went faster. It was the sin in me. We're all under it. All have sinned. All fall short, right? Then when I gave my life to Jesus, I was like, man, I got this, I get this conflict going on. You see, I don't want to do it. But the flesh in me wants to do it. 
but I'm died to the flesh. I've been crucified with Christ. Right? So he gives me the power to overrule that. No, I'm not going to do it. And guess what? One good decision, then you get some momentum. Another one, and then another one, and then another one, and then the Holy Spirit's talking. I'm so proud of you. Great job. Way to go. Following rules is fun. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Young people, following the rules hurts a lot less. I want you to look around, young fellas, crew. Look around this church and say, I don't want to look like that when I get older. I think I'll just stick with Jesus. And I'll do it His way. Because there are some beat up looking bedraggled. But you know what? He who is forgiven much loves much. There's also great exhibits of His grace on display. Living epistles, Paul would call them. Living letters of His grace. My daughter told me one time, Daddy, I, I, I don't have a testimony like yours. And I'm going, praise God. I don't want you to have a testimony like mine. I don't want you to have that. That's why we raised you in Christ. So you could avoid all that stuff. But you're going to go through some stuff, right? But even if you were the best person, you still can only approach God, how? Through Jesus, through faith. Because all are guilty. Then to make it great, kind of levels the whole playing field when you go, you suck and so do I. Let's just get over it. No big deal. Come to, come to Jesus. It's by faith. And then imputed righteousness is placed on you. <laughs> I had this thought concerning babysitters. This is not a squirrel. Don't you dare put it up there. <laughs> when we were at our church in St. Peter's, uh, it was an amazing church. And, and, and through the elementary years of following Jesus, we learned a lot, you know. There was still a lot of sin in my life. Sin uh, had crept in, and it was, you know, sin is, it, it gets in there. It doesn't want to let go, right? But when Christ comes through, he goes through each compartment in your spirit, and he cleans it out, cleans house, right? So what we had to do, uh, because Lynn and I liked to go out, and, and she liked to do nefarious activities out at, 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 at bars and things like that. And she would drag me along with her. Okay, it was both of us. But I remember our kids were really well behaved uh, around us for the most part until the babysitter got there. When the sitters got there, we would get home several times to the sitters crying. And I was like, we are running out of, we're going to switch churches. Because we're running out of babysitters. They were pretty well behaved and like following rules until the babysitter came and we said, you need to follow the rules that they're laying down. And once we told them you need to follow these rules, all broke loose. Why? Because just like us, it stirred up in them this desire to do something that was against the rules. Right? That's why the law came. Where would we be without the Ten Commandments to show us what we were doing and our need, our desperate need? There's something wrong with us that we want to rebel against the authority of God. Where would we be without the Ten Commandments to point us that? And Jesus later broadened and, and opened up, if you've so much have looked at a woman, 
if you thought of, if you've hated your brother, you've killed him. So that just said, because some people would say, I kept him, I haven't killed anybody. I haven't slept with that woman. I haven't, whatever you do, I haven't done this, I haven't done that. You've done, you broke them all. You broke the spirit of the commandment. Thank you, Jesus. Guys, this is good news. This is not bad news. Some people out there go, God, this is really hard. Your your butt cheeks are like clenched so tight. (laughs) No, this is good news. Christ came to set us free and give us power to do the right thing. Is that great? That's great. And now the way of faith has come. We no longer need the law as our guardian. For you... You, 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 you. I could do that, but there's too many yous. For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. You know, the scripture, uh, the old has come, the old is gone, and the new has come. You're a new creature. So watch what he says here. All who have been united with Christ in baptism. Does that mean you have to be baptized to be saved? Correct. Just like after you're saved, you want to be baptized. After you're saved, you want to do good works. You don't do good works to be saved. You do good works because you are saved. And not only that, you have Christ in you, fueling you to do good works. It becomes a lot easier to do the things that we, we do. Because who would want to come to church after working all day and, and tear down walls? Or build walls? Or all the other things that happen here? You do that because you love God, you're grateful to God, you understand what he did for you. And you're set apart and you're set free from keeping the law. So we uphold the law. And we do these things because we're grateful. Because in your mind, like even right now, if you took, if you took yours and yours and yours and yours, mine, and put it all up here. And you, you remember back in the day in college when you, well, we only made two years because Lynn made me drop out. That's a whole new story. But amen, I got the girl. Amen, thank you, Jesus. But remember when they would put on your, uh, the grades on the wall? 448, 459, I'd walk up there with eager expectation every time. That can't be possibly mine. So, what would you do if your thoughts were put on that wall for everybody to look at? And you could walk out, you could check my thoughts, I could check your thoughts, and you could check the old person, you could walk, I wonder what Karen's thinking, I wonder what Diane's thinking, I wonder what Danny over there. Wow. Wow. That would be another indicator that we need a Savior. But it's not you, it's the sin in you. It's an indicator there's something wrong. But it's okay because there's something wrong with all of us. None of us are like we should be. But God loves us anyway. And he saw that you're not like you should be. So how about this? I'll come up with a plan. I'll send my son the perfect spotless lamb and I'll give him for you. And by 
you having faith in what I did for you, I see perfection. In spite of, I know your thoughts. You can fake them out, but you're not faking me out. And that goes for every one of us. Isn't that cool? So we're free. We're free. And it, it, to me, that's just awesome. To all of us, that's awesome. Not just to me. That's, that's great news. I don't know why it's only called good news. Well, because God said it. It should be called great news. The greatest news ever in the whole history of the whole wide world universe thing. Galaxies. All of it. All of it. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female. And I'm not going to get into all the things. We're talking about in relation to God. We're not talking about in relation to church activities and all the things that we do. We're talking about we're all in the same level field. You know, ever since um, creation, man has been building up ways to divide us. You know? Walls over here, black, white, blue collar, white collar, haves, have-nots, mules, elephants. I don't even know which one we are. I'm conservative. I'm for Jesus. But when Jesus tore, when the veil tore, it tore from the bottom or top to the bottom, and it took away all division, or it should have, between God and humanity through Christ. And men are continually trying to divide us. The devil's all about subtraction and division. You can see it going on right now, right? God is all about what? Multiplication and addition. He wants to, uh, how about this? I've heard it said, plunder hell and populate heaven. Hmm? Hmm? So we need to make it our job. You're a minister of reconciliation. You've been given that ministry. Did you know that? That's what the Bible says. You have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Paul said, I beseech you, be reconciled to Christ because you following rules and thinking you're good enough isn't good enough and you will be found outside looking in. Right? So you've been given a ministry. Look at your neighbor and say, you've been given a ministry of reconciliation. You don't have a neighbor, look at me. Okay. You've been given it. Right? Okay, some people are better than others. It's okay. Some people, that's their gifting, evangelism. You know? But we are the body of Christ. We're all working together, right? We're the body. We are Christ's body on planet Earth. Now, a couple more hours, we're going to land this message. It's going to be wonderful. Steph's back there going, oh, geez, Liz. Lynn's going, I'm just glad that I wasn't back there with 87 kids from the Sherwoods. By the way, don't you love this couple right here? Let me tell you. They're populating the church when they come in. It's like, it just looks great on the numbers. Not that we're about numbers. They come in. It's like, hey, we got 28 more. The Sherwoods are here. Praise God. Amen. They're doing their job to populate. Amen. Wow, I love it. But he loves the Lord. I don't know if I've ever met a man. Well, there's several people in this church that I would call humble. You're, you guys are you're something else, man. They drive from Mountain Grove, Missouri, which is 87,000 miles away, to work on the bus. At the same time, Joshua was, what a church. 
that we, we, we have uh, all these people doing all of these things because you're part of the body of Christ. Right? You're part of the body of Christ, whether you're cutting down walls or constructing that thing. And apparently, I've been told that the job that Barry and I did was a little... <laughs> Let me say this. Not employ them up. Let me say this. Never be too good at a job you don't want to have. Okay, so we kind of said, "Well, I don't really know how to do this, Josh." We can't. Oh, see what's up. But let me say this: Turn to your Bibles. We're going to close with this. Turn it over to Hebrews. Hebrews, get it? Six ten. Somebody stand up and read it. Give the Lord a hand clap. After we read it, 6.10, Hebrews 6.10. Not everybody at once, take it, it's in the New Testament. Thank you, Don. What? Did you guys hear that? He's not, now that, now wait a minute, Don, that sounds like a promise. That sounds like a promise. We started this scripture with a promise. That's a promise. He will not forget. You give a person a cup of water and say Jesus loves you, he won't forget it. It's like Pete says, I'm throwing pennies up to heaven. I'm not doing it to find favor with God because I found favor with God through Christ and only Christ. Amen? I'm doing this show. I sure love you. <laughs> Boy, I love you. Here's a quarter. I'm a poor man. But you know what? A cup of water in the name of Jesus will not be taken from you. It all counts. It, that's great. Give God some glory, guys. You're free. You know? Man, kind of lamos. How come you guys go all crazy when Barry's, oh, wait a minute, Barry! <laughs> Don't answer that question. <laughs> the preacher of the month, right. I love it. And speaking of another humble guy, I've known Barry for three years. 40, 40 Forty-five years. We've been we've been running together since I was fourteen, right? I didn't like him, but he had a car. He's a little older than I am. <laughs> I was cool, vicariously living through Barry. Whole another story. Uh, I'm talking about humility. You know, God resists the proud. Right? God resists the proud. And when you think of your life, what Christ has done for us, it should bring you to a deep sense of humility, understanding what you are in relation to him and the fact that he would send his son for us and redeem us and call us. Because we talked the other day, a lot of us in this church have been this guy. It was you. It was you. But Christ uses the same words and says, it is you. And I want you. And you, and you. I'm calling you. Isn't that cool? Same words. But this time he's calling us. If you're all 
one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. This is an answer to the, the promise to Abraham all those years. Through your seed, all nations will be blessed. Through your seed, Christ. Can you imagine wrapping your head around that when you're Abraham going, man, I just, I just, I'm just glad I'm not guilty. I don't know about what's to come, but I just know you said that it was credited to me as righteousness. That's good enough for me, you know? Now watch this, and we're going to close with this promise. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Is that great? Hallelujah. That's great news. Ah, looks like we're done with chapter 3. And we'll be uh, starting in chapter 4 tomorrow, or uh, next week, rather. Uh, okay. Oh, no, I got that. Okay. Next week, next Saturday, your favorite will be back. Preacher of the mop, blah, 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 Barry. Okay. Keeping it real. What do you got, Barry? Which? Okay. So, how many of you know that we have a radio show? Half of you. We're really, we're really improving. We've had a radio show for ten years. Over three hundred episodes, two of which are really good. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, at ten o'clock, there's a story of a young man who was a, a complete loser, thug, thief. Bad news. Until God got a hold of him. And now he's good news. Because he believed the good news. And now he has been given the ministry of reconciliation. So if you know somebody's struggling, you want to be encouraged, listen to his story. It's a, it's a cool deal, man. And he, he uh, it's a really cool deal. And then you also see Jack and I are going to have a sword fight on the radio show too. That's prior to, yes. Jack's a lot tougher than he looks, I will tell you that. It's already been held and I lost. <laughs> On a serious note, guys, I believe everybody in this house tonight is saved and knows Christ. Amen. Amen? But you have a neighbor or a friend or a brother or a sister, maybe a mom that does not know Christ. Bring him to church. Invite us over for dinner. Have Right, seriously. And we'll just sit down and hang out. Or invite somebody else to dinner with them. Get them involved with some church folk, guys. Uh, they're never going to be saved if they're not put in position. To be, you know what I mean? You can, you can do your part. Doesn't have to be a big thing. Uh, we're going to pray. Oh, wait a minute. We do have a special song tonight by a little special someone that wrote this song and asked if she could do it tonight just for you guys. How about that? Is that cool? Let me pray real quick for you, and then I'm going to go over there, and you're going to, I'm going to go sit out there and worship. Father, yeah, we thank you for tonight. Lord, we thank you for the freedom, the incredible freedom that comes with incredible responsibility. Lord, we thank you for the gospel that set us free. 
Let us not do anything to get entangled up with the affairs of the world again, Lord, but let us be that peculiar people that the Bible speaks of, Lord, that we're just a little bit different because we're marching to a different drum and drummer. We're marching to Jesus. So I pray that you would help us, Lord. I pray that even now you're glorified in this little song from this young woman here, this, this young heart aflame with Jesus. So I pray we would listen, Lord, and I pray they would be a sweet sound to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll set her up. Yep. Okay, where are you going to sit back there? Okay. Where are you going to sit? Okay. Are you going to sit on the floor or stand? Okay. It's like my kids. It's like a daughter. That's the problem. 15, huh? Okay, you tell me where you want. Testing? Yeah, can you hear me now? Love and I wouldn't change a thing about. 